Welcome to The Rec Room with Mandy and Mio, a podcast about books and the people who write them. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to our show. This is, of course, a podcast called The Rec Room with Mandy and Mio, where we ask the question, when does a story become required reading? In each episode, we take popular authors of the day and review select pieces of their work just to see how close these writers get to the sweet spot between mainstream breakout success and traditional literary sensibility. My name's Mio. I'm Mandy. And we are continuing our summer semester, which uh, is, is it's a very loose approach to what we have been doing over the past few months. Previously, we were uh, reviewing bibliography specifically. So like, even though I said there in the intro that we do authors and writers, we're, we're saying now that word very loosely with the loosest, mm-hmm. you know, possible context because... Loose! Because, Are you loose? Uh, yeah, because um, <laughs> today's episode is definitely about somebody who has, like, there is an aspect of this that's writing, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not, yeah. it's not what you, <laughs> it's not what you think of as the author, uh, unless like you, yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, which is also, I guess, like somewhat, that was something that was like partially true also with our last um, few subjects, um, especially the History Boys we were thinking more of the film mm-hmm. and also Ladybird, especially, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But today, that's all gonna change because for the first time on our podcast, we're gonna do a song. That's right. What song? You might ask. Well, you and me got the hold to see. Yeah, down. <laughs> you and you don't even know the lyrics. This is the sweet this life. Is the sweet life. With Mandy and Mio. That's right. We're talking about <laughs> We're talking about Sweet That Transition by Laura Moiling. <laughs> yeah. Not the sweet life of Zach and Cody. A show That'll that be I, crazy if actually never what if <laughs> You've never seen that show? Yeah. Are you serious? You've you. never seen the sweet life of Zach Look, and Cody? I'm, I'm not kidding. <laughs> Wait, I've never, this needs to change. You need to struggled with the lyrics. <laughs> I just thought you forgot. Oh my god, no. You need to put this on our letterbox. Can, can you do letterbox wait, for like you, shows? You can quiz me on any you other to... theme song of a show that I've seen. And yeah, I that's true. I'll, seen, I'll, have, I'll know the lyrics, but that's just proof that I don't know. <laughs> I've never oh seen Oh my god, it, I totally forgot know that you haven't seen a lot of DCOM originals. Yeah, I missed out on DCOM. Um, you really did. Now, what was I watching? You really did, actually. What well, a specific era of DCOM. Star Wars. Yeah, and the history was. I was gonna say that, like everyone, Mio, whoever's out there in the other listening, um, Mio really when he says he has missed out on an era, he really did. Like he became fifty years old when he was ten. Right, right, yeah, and like yeah, we have to clarify. I'm not like a boomer or anything. Yeah, <laughs> no matter what my voice is. Yeah, I, sure. I was born in the '90s, so I'm mm-hmm. supposed to be part of the decom generation, but. But you were not. Like, like you really willingly I'll, yeah, I'll be honest, ignored like, it. The one like piece of decom lore <laughs> or media, lore or like that's mm-hmm. stuck in my head is the lore. The I'd song say lore is from good. Xenon Girl from the twenty first century. 
the, the one, uh, how does that go again? The, the zoom, the, zoom, uh, make zoom, zoom, make boom, my heart go boom, boom. Matthew yeah. Pernova, which is, you know, uh, the yeah. song predicting the popularity of Zoom in the pandemic. It was an ode to Zoom. Wow. The calling, you know, Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. That's how you saw your girl wow. during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And that's why that's it made his <laughs> heart go boom. Uh, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that's the one like piece okay, of Okay, no, so we need to rectify this. So maybe halfway through the year, if you get through sports, we should start with D. De- well, there are a lot of DCOMs actually that are about sports. Yeah, I yeah, that's true. No, I mean not just high school music, but like there are a lot like there are a lot of surfing ones for some reason. Yeah. There's a dog competition one. I mean, surely we I've can go seen through one it. One or two that I just am not remembering Probably. because again, it was not a big part of my life, but yeah, but, which yeah, a mistake. Really, like, there, wasn't um, the one the guy who was also in High School Musical? Didn't he have like a dance movie? He no, he that's jump rope. Actually, oh, I jump wonder rope. if that would qualify because it's like a it was competitive jump rope. Wow, it really was okay, like for I see, I see. for it's like similar to I guess how you do competitive yo yo. Yeah, because there are like certain moves that you have to do, and then there's like routines. Oh, okay. And and that's why Corbin Blue said that you have to. Step to the rhythm and yeah. dance to the music. I've always considered, wanna... even if I haven't seen that movie e- either, I've always considered that film to be like the Tokyo Drift of the high school musical film uh, franchise. It, it, yes, sure. It's like set Maybe. in a distant future. That soundtrack was really good and then though. It's only at the end where Zac Efron makes a cameo saying, hey, you should come back to my crew. Yeah, you know? and that's actually what happened. And then it goes it, straight into It was Corbin's like, it was like seven. summer vacation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so sweet. We're doing seven. We're okay. Doing, this song is about. I mean, like the the song we're doing now is literally the opposite of decom. Yeah, it's very it somber. Is. <laughs> you know, that's, it is I, that's so... why I felt bad during this bit at first. Cause I, like, it was good though. I liked irreverent it. To the the content of our subject for today, which is. Oh, sorry. As we mentioned several times now, "Sweet" by Laura Marling, uh, which is um, a choice that uh, you made, Mandy. Why don't you uh, tell it us is, a little bit? It is about my choice. It is Mandy's choice. Why you picked um, for our summer semester? So I really lo- so. In case you've never heard of what "Sweet" is, "Sweet" is actually what Laura Marling calls um, a series of four songs from her um, 2013 album "Once I Was an Eagle," um, of which the that the title track of the album is part of the suite. So it's a suite because it's like, I'll explain this more later, but it's four songs that she performs live. And instead of just, you know, on a set list, when she has to write down what song she's going to do, instead of writing all the four titles, she just collectively refers to it as suite. Um, and this is like and in the genre of like sort of folk music. It's fo- Yeah. If you guys have never really listened to Laura Morning, she, she does mostly folk and a, there was a folk acoustic music. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say country because she doesn't go that far right, into right. it. Yeah. Um, it is very U, like UK folk though. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, if you guys ever listen to her pals, um, Mumford and Sons or Johnny Flynn, yeah. they all kind of run in the same genre in the same circles. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I, if I could like insert like I I'm go not, ahead. I'm not, I I don't claim to be an expert on Laura Marling or anything, but like the one time mm-hmm. that I at least like her music has endured in my memory is her collaborations with Johnny Flynn, and I remember yeah. like loving uh, that song that they did the river so much that mm-hmm. one time when I was still living in the UK and then like I heard somebody playing it on the street, I was like. 
fucking made it. Like, it's like, finally, people <laughs> who know my music. <laughs> you literally were like, this is my this town. Is my town it's Norwich. <laughs> yeah, like, worse, everyone knows You're like music. in the middle. Yeah. Of, yeah. You're literally like, everyone listens to Johnny yeah, Flynn I, I here. Had like. same, I had the same, like, <laughs> excitement and vigor as Zendaya's Michi guy. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one you literally like yes yeah. the river uh, is where Johnny Flynn is and Laura Marge. and Zendaya is meaty <laughs> yeah. yeah but that's um, um, that's my, my one we should cover that video I wonder <laughs> how far we can go yeah. if we did a whole episode yeah. on that vine yeah, um, anyway but, um, so singer. Laura is British in case you guys didn't get that by now she uh, is English and she grew up in Berkshire, if I'm not mistaken. And her dad um, had a recording studio and was the one who like introduced her to folk music growing up. And I'm pretty sure she had mentioned in some um, interviews before that her dad was like her first like guitar teacher. But even then, can I say his name? Because it sounds like a cool name. Go ahead, because he literally like, is. Yeah, yeah. Go and then say what I didn't mention like, that who he was, but like go ahead. I, like, I want to say his name like a page, like mm-hmm. Sir Charles William Somerset Marling, fifth baronet. That's right. Yeah, he's a baron. That a baronet. He's a baron. You know, he's a little baron. Is that if different? He's a little. He's a little. He's a, he's a little bit of a baron. Baronito he's just a. Wow! Or even like to what? Yeah, Spanish what? people because yeah. we would have said the same thing. Like you right. know how we yeah, platito yeah. and plat and plato is <laughs> like different. Anyway, I'm literally. Oh my god! I'm literally. Wait! I'm gonna. I'm reading. I'm gonna read their okay. So they have a whole Wikipedia page for just their family. Oh no! Like the Marling Baronets. I'm yeah. not even kidding. Yeah. Oh my god, she's Burgessa. So okay, <laughs> the the Marling Baronetcy, which is like the Baronet, like bureaucracy, yeah, but Baronetcy yeah, yeah, yeah. of Stanley Park in Sedbury Park in the county of guess where? Oh my gosh! Guess what Norfolk? county? No, oh. <laughs> close. But you know what it is? Where? Gloucester. I I don't know how why you thought I would guess that. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know why. I, uh, you're right. I don't know why. I have no connection whatsoever <laughs> really right. to, to Gloucester. Yeah. Do we not? Uh, is it Glo- yes, we is do. Gloucester, or I don't know. I oh, I'm not mm, sure. Yeah, I think it depends on the person. Yeah. Anyway, so Gloucester. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it was they were created. Okay, is a title. Blah blah blah. The Marling Baronetcy is a title in the Baronetage of the United Kingdom, and it was created on the 22nd of May 1882. Wow. For the cloth manufacturer and liberal politician Samuel Marling. Okay. Uh, the second baronet served. As High Sheriff of Gloucester in 1888, the third baronet was a colonel in the army and was awarded the Victoria Cross. Folk musician Laura Marling is the third and youngest daughter of the fifth baronet. So basically, this is just the UK's way of saying that they are hacienderos. Um, (laughs) Because... I guess that's what it is, yeah, right? Because they to, own would, that whole area. I would have liked to have like a subplot where, like you know, uh, they were telling her, "Laura, you are next in line to the cloth 
empire. <laughs> and she's like, no, father, I should play music. I dream of being a musician. You a don't understand. Musician. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, yeah, and he's like, I should have never let you listen to those tapes. <laughs> I never should have bought that recording studio, which I ran. Yeah. <laughs> I should have never made a business. <laughs> Who will be my next baron? No, that's true though. If he's the fifth baron and she has no brothers. Right. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well. So anyway, this recording guess, studio. I guess the Hacienda ends here. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, they're um, all in the recording studio now. That's their banana stand. Yeah, that's actually it. That is. That's, her, that's their banana stand. Their frozen banana stand. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so she mostly learned guitar from her dad and yeah. then growing up, I guess, moving forward, a lot of her friends. As we mentioned earlier, she has been friends with the likes of Mumford & Sons and Johnny Flynn for a very long time, and she's done tours with them as well. I think they all debuted kind of... Yes, debuted. They all kind of um, started on the scene at around the same time as well. So yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the selection we are talking about today is from her fourth album, Once I Was an Eagle, um, which came out in 2013, and uh, she had recorded and released this album during the period that she was briefly living in America. Um, she was living in Los Angeles. Um, and it's uh, it was this is her fourth album, and it was her third album to be nominated for the Mercury Prize, which is a very prestigious um, music uh, award in the UK. Um, and she's very fortunate because almost all her, actually, almost all of her albums, I think, have been nominated for the Mercury yeah, Prize. She's good, she's good. Um, I, I was realize when you were saying that um, her dad was kind of the one who like gave her that influence uh, introduction to folk music, like that sort of tracks because I was like reading how during the period that she was like figuring out this album, I read somewhere that mm-hmm. she was only like really listening to music uh, coming from the late sixties and the early seventies oh, while writing well, there you go. while writing this album. And then that makes I, a lot I of saw sense. there was this quote where she was saying that it was an era that that era of like nineteen sixty nine to nineteen seventy two roughly was an era when guitar, quote unquote, was becoming mm. a, yes. a kind of masculine extension. Which like I was like, oh, right. that's an interesting. So I wonder, like, that's an interesting, like, mindset to have as you're approaching, like, the writing of something. Yeah. And, like, Laura herself is not much older than me. So she, too, is not a boomer. Yes. Um, she's, like, only yeah. two years older than me. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, presumably her dad is the one who came out of that era uh, yeah. that she's referring to. And yeah. And I think if, you know, if you think about who were very prominent in that era, it was all, like, Bob Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. And um, James, James. Oh my god, I went to James Corden. <laughs> yeah, um, Corden. Oh, freaking, um, what freaking? Um, ah, who wrote Winter, Spring, Summer, Fall? Who's this? Oh, James Taylor. <laughs> James Taylor, thank yeah, you, James yeah, Taylor, you and got, also you got all of those um, Joni Mitchell. So Joni Mitchell too, who is somebody who? I mean, it, it's very common in folk music to to right. play around with um with tunings, barang. Laura would still be closer, I guess, to what Sina Joni. Yeah. To like what Joni Mitchell was doing. That's right, yeah. And even I like, would, I guess, I would say. like in the kind of. There, there is like across all of these tracks, there is kind of like an underlying, I guess, darkness that like runs mm. through it. I, I yeah. wonder if that's like also her now, like also hearkening to 
that sensibility that ma- guitar is a masculine extension. Although mm-hmm. I uh, thinking about it now, I, I know that the but Joni also had in some of her songs like also a kind of darkness that was brewing about. Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. and a, a lot of it had to do Seguro with maybe the tunings that she decided to use because I don't know if you know this, but like she, one of the reasons why she learned how to do alternative tuning is because. See Johnny Mitchell, huh? Because was because she had polio as a child, oh. and then when she had recovered, her her strumming hand was, or like I think both her hands were really weak, like they were they're deformed at this point, mm. and so if you look at them, they look really they look really frail. Okay. Um, and but she still really wanted to play music, and so she had taught herself alternative tuning so that she wouldn't have a hard time doing chords. Okay. And usually, because when you do alternative tunings, a lot of them are very it is f- for darkness. Like it's very, it's very rare that you do an alternative tuning to for a happy song, mm-hmm. because a lot of them do end up going quite low. Um, I think, yeah. So the suite, what is no- now known collectively as the suite, is a, um, a collection of four songs, or rather, a medley of four songs. Um, that Laura plays live in one go in a straight 18 minute to 13 13 to 18 minute segment um, of her set. And it is the songs Take the Night Off, I Was an Eagle, the titular track track of the album, You Know, and Breathe. And um, put together, they are now known as Take the uh, night off. Sweet. I was an eagle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> breathe. <laughs> like, that's the whole thing. Take the night off. I was an eagle. You know, <laughs> breathe. <laughs> like, that's... <laughs> it, it does sound like a Mulaney bit when you say it that way. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Take that's the night what off. I, I was an eagle. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, breathe <laughs> like a liar. <laughs> I should write like an extension yeah, like yeah. of the fifth and it would be called like a liar. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, so she had said, so if you were to listen to this, these songs in succession, yeah. they, they, the album does a thing where they all connect. So there's no like end to a certain song. Like they all flow as one because Laura, and I really like when albums do that. Um, but because Laura has said that it was really supposed to be just one song, but then I think at the time that she was recording it, she couldn't figure out yet how that would work. Yeah. And so she just decided to segment them into four different songs and then record them separately and then just have them connect um, melodically through the writing and then eventually through production. Um, but now she tends to start... If you to watch her live, I believe this is always the first that she does now. I wonder if, um, like... Would you know if there are any like demos of early versions of the suite? Oh, I would kill to find that. Uh, I've never seen any. Yeah. I've never even seen like BTS of like um, her recording this album or this song. Ooh, but okay. yeah. if you guys know of any, yeah, if I any wonder, of like, Laura fans that, are listening, I always find it like exciting. Like when I started finding um, demo versions of songs by Hopalong. Uh, a band we will mm. never cover on this podcast, but like I, 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 I would find like bits where they had er, the the song was in a different structural arrangement. Yeah, they would absolutely. have like a certain portion of the song like later, and I'd be like really jarred. I'm like, that's supposed yeah. to be the start of the song. 
you know like, yeah yeah i wonder if like, i love that song as as long as it's like this. that she had intended to be originally one song i wonder like one what song, were the yeah. drafts coming in yeah the, no this that's song. a good point yeah i think have you have you ever heard the speaking of demos if you guys have this is super sidetracked but like kind of related to laura i guess because it's from the era that she referenced earlier um if you've ever listened to the demo of dreams by um fleetwood mac if you have never listened to that i mean you i 100 percent think you should there's a somebody on youtube has a really great uh, video essay about the difference between the demo and how they eventually recorded it um so um it's one of those things too where like 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 um it wasn't super structurally different from how we know it now but listening listening the fact that it was still a demo still kind of blows my mind you know like bang it's like oh this is the beginning of like one of the greatest songs of all time um yeah so i feel like if so if any of you out there and you know where to find a demo of this or something please let us know um so the, this the song if if you've never heard it yet this song does have like a main uh not um vocal melody but a main um guitar run right like um um Laura calls it a run up so in her tutorials that's what she calls it she calls it a run up so at the end of some verses and in between um and in between songs as well she does this thing uh or it's like and um yeah so that's the main and that's why i was saying it was easy kind of fast to learn if you already play guitar because that's basically the whole song um and uh with just some differences in between per song but then like honestly the big chunk of the song is section and the hardest i would have to say that's the hardest part of the song yeah. um and so structurally it kind of, like musically it f- flows kind of um smoothly in that way and i think that's also one of the reasons why i want i i picked it to talk about because because you think it's such a simple song i think because it's so it's kind of you you can tell that it's really like one song you know i mean like when you hear it it's like this is just one really long song that just does a diff- few different things. Um, but then when you listen to the lyrics, you're kind of just like, oh, so many different things are happening now. Um, and I, the only thing that I think would be different is actually in Breathe. I'm just talking about music now, but like in Breathe, it's that run up backwards. Mm-hmm. So, if, yeah, that's which I thought was really, well, yeah. it's really cool. And like she also sings it. The the mel- the vocal melody is right, also that right. same run up backwards, so which I thought was so really interesting. The review, like the run up is like dun, 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 and then by breathe it's like it's like it, yeah it's dun, 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 like yeah sorry that was too low but like yeah that and it's I that's also really interesting when I realized that because like when you get to that part in her tutorial you've like struggled with learning how to do the run up and then you realize you have to learn how to do it backwards yeah now. and you're kind of just like oh okay yeah. <laughs> And you're crazy but i'll do it and it's it, it's the sort of the thing that i kind of latched on while i was like listening to and like trying to decipher what the song was quote unquote about right uh so i actually have not really been a fan of hers for long ah. i always knew about her because i i did like mumford and Sons. i do like mumford i don't know why i said did i do really love mumford and Sons. um 
I listened to them a lot in college, especially towards the end of college. Um, but I had sort of fallen out of listening to um, folk music because, uh, and this is where it gets personal, uh, because I, uh, my last, my ex-boyfriend, I had an ex-boyfriend who was a folk singer. And like he, I had, I had, he and I had known each other for a really long time. And like, I always knew that he liked folk music and I always kind of, we always kind of liked the same stuff, but it wasn't until that we were dating that I really, um, like went into listening to more folk music and acoustic stuff and, um, and learning about like guitar more than I did before. Because before when I was, you know, learning how to play guitar, like I learned how to play guitar. It was just so I could like, have something to do i guess and not for the sake of like music or whatever or um it was just something i wanted to be able to do and so um but but when he and i broke up towards the end of our relationship because he he also started switching his own um did i say he was a musician yes i did right yeah okay sorry yeah so he kind of started to switch his um genre a bit more and now he does not play folk music at all um and uh he plays like dance music now i don't know oh, okay. I, I don't, I, this, is, this is probably like his midlife crisis who knows but he um when that kind of happened and our breakup was bad i kind of stopped listening to like acoustic music altogether and folk music and i around that same time too i had started my own band as well and our music was very different and um I kind of just like fell out of listening to folk music because it, 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 even if I learned so much of it that's very happy and like really upbeat, a lot of it did, you know, just remind me of a time yeah. that I was not ready to relive yet. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, that's, that's also like quite a tricky thing now. Like, if, if mm-hmm. it's something that you feel like you've started to enjoy or found that you discover you enjoy yeah. during like, like a certain phase of your life and then you, yeah. Start to re envision that phase of your life as something that wasn't that great for you. Like it kind yeah. of also almost taints it's very it taints the experience the, somewhat. The whole thing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, very truly. And like it made me want I, I don't know. I think also that's kind of one of the reasons why I don't even me myself, I don't typically do acoustic music. Right. Which is ironic because of uh what I'm gonna make went of. But um uh, I I think it was also just because I I just needed to be so far away from that area of my life, right. um, and I and you know it didn't help also that like because um, my ex boyfriend has two bands and like his second band is still kind of a folk pop ish band and they're really good I still really respect and admire them but you know even then I can't listen to them because like I I just feel really sad yeah. <laughs> I just feel bad. Yeah. Um, and but you know, uh, um, around sometime last year, I can't remember how or why, but Laura's first single off her latest album, "Song for Our Daughter," um, her single was called "Fortune," and it came up on my feed. And the thumbnail was so pretty that I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna listen to this." Like I had known who Laura was, and I knew like because and I and I knew it was folk music, and I was like, "Okay, I don't know how nice I'm gonna find this, um, or like how much this is gonna affect me." Uh, but like she, she, it was great. It was like this super pretty video of her just sitting, playing guitar by herself in a suit. 
in like an outdoor area and it was really nice and the song was beautiful and i was like oh this this is really nice i wonder what else she's done uh but i didn't really actively look into it until i got so basically i'm saying this episode is uh here because of youtube's algorithm <laughs> um because because after i had watched fortune i think i got recommended her performance at bbc proms which to uh any not UK person, I guess. BBC Proms is like this yearly, like really big showcase concert that happens um, in London. And uh, usually it's like a segmented concert with like multiple genres. So sometimes people from the West End do segments from their shows and then opera singers come and then you have some famous pop singers and um, occasionally cinema. each yeah. other to that if it's like nationwide like that's a good you know like if it's just a school prom, if it's just a school prom, oh. you just have to ask the people i guess in your school or All in right. your locality i but if it's like change my mind this oh, is not a good question oh, a prom like that is nationalized mm-hmm. and it's like state-funded mm. in you know yeah how did they even ask well but it's that, right i mean like come yeah, on right. ever think about that okay, maybe yeah. maybe that's what we should have a maybe, state maybe. Funded prom. Might not be yeah. for everyone though, but you know. No, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Of, uh, Just maybe. Maybe, maybe I call. I draw the line at like mm-hmm. what's the bit? Um, I can forgive I can, no yeah, COVID excuse, response, yeah. but I draw the line at, <laughs> at having no state-funded proms. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I'm pretty sure it's called. Just in case anyone didn't get the bit, he's joking. But like, um, yeah, BBC Proms. I'm pretty UK sure. Proms. Sorry. <laughs> he's literally lived there, guys. He knows what it is. Um, no, but I'm pretty sure Proms isn't it short for uh, promenade? Yeah, which isn't that like the right? root word also for like also with prom? Oh, like, really? Yeah, because like you. I don't know, girl. Who knows? The promenade. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I don't know makes the sense. Etymology of dancing. Yeah, me too. I've I don't know the etymology <laughs> of Western like, traditions. Not like my prom, so it's not yeah, like me too. Well, that's not true. Yeah, my prom. But anyway, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We didn't love prom that much. No. Anyway, so I saw her performance at BBC Proms and the her and it was like a, a stripped down set. So it was literally just her and an orchestra. Right. Or like a string string yeah, orchestra yeah, yeah. specifically. Yeah. And um it was really good and Sweet was on there mm-hmm. and that was the first time I had ever heard Sweet. And I kind of was like, Oh shit, that's really cool. Um and I had asked my uh, current boyfriend now, who is actually like, uh, he he's also a musician and he um, he like teaches me sometimes because I didn't really study, uh, traditionally study music theory and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And um, despite having been like in a music program in high school, yeah. <laughs> I did not like pay attention that much for, to that. Um, but I... I had asked him about the song and I was like, is this really difficult to play? And um, he was like, it is because that's not standard tuning. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, And for those of you who... I kind of told the story um, in our year-end episode, but um, for those of you who don't really... who don't play guitar, uh, there are different tunings that you can do on a guitar. And when you say standard, that's just the usual... um, Oh my god! I'm not, I'm just, I'm literally looking at my guitar. E A 
DGBE, that's standard. Um, but then if you. It's true though. And hold for dramatic pause. Thank you. Um, <laughs> he's not wrong. It, it, that's what it is. Yeah. So standard tuning is in those when the strings are each tuned to those notes. Um, but uh, sweet specifically is four songs tuned to dad dad. So that means it's D A. Yeah, it's highest spell. So the sixth string is D, fifth is A, uh, fourth is D, etc. Um, and I had never really played a um a tune another tuning on a guitar before other than drop D, which is literally uh standard tuning, but instead of the sixth string being E, it's D, and then everything else is the same. I've never done anything past that. Like I've never had to n- tune my guitar to be like wholly different. Yeah. Um Yeah, yeah and, and I was like, really scared. That's like quite difficult Go because ahead. I like even myself like yeah. trying to imagine what it must be like to like I mean on one hand you have like playing songs on different mm-hmm. tunings in which case like you have to like set up the tuning but then there's yeah. also like the idea I think of like writing a song on a different tuning which Yeah, is, like, exactly. really mind-boggling to me. Yeah, I'm same. Like, parang, when I would watch her, and I'll go, I'll mention this more later, but yeah. when I would watch her quarantine tutorials, cause she would like explain some context of some of them, or like be all like, I wrote this one here and I use this specific guitar for it because the tuning is like this. Um, that's really insane to me because I'm kind of just like, I can barely write music myself so i mean i know i just said i have a band but i don't write the music um mm. <laughs> i i i literally i i can barely think in like standard tuning what more in you know another and and it was it's difficult because the chord shapes are different as well so if you guys are familiar with guitar playing or like music in general you know you have chords and stuff and and let's say on the piano the chord shapes are like relatively the same all throughout the whole thing because you don't have to change tuning. But on, or I don't know, maybe I wonder if anyone's ever done that. <laughs> but on the guitar, when you change tuning, your chord shapes generally change as well right. because everything's moved around, yeah. you know. So, um, yeah, and I don't know what it was about this song, but it just made me. It like forced. I literally forced myself to learn it by myself. Like usually, my boyfriend um, uh, tab would tab songs for me because he can learn songs by ear, and he would tab them for me, and then I would just learn it through the tabs or through the chords. But but for this one, for some reason, I didn't ask him to, and I had found on IG on Instagram that she um, had been doing a set of quarantine tutorials. So like every week, she would post a video of her. Mm-hmm teaching everybody her music and um and had found her segment on sweet and then i just learned from i literally was just like fuck it to the wind and i tuned my guitar to dad dad which was really scary because it that's very like if you know (laughs) if if like there are certain tunings because that are very like that could like not really mess up but like could change your guitar um and so uh, and even she says so that in the original, she plays it live. Sorry, I should have mentioned this. Um, but she plays it live in Dad Dad. Yeah. But on, 
on the record, I think she recorded it as what might be drop C, okay. um, which is another. I think that's what it's called. I know that it starts with starts and end with C, cause I. Um, but yeah, it, which is a more precarious tuning. Like she even said so herself. Nah, she doesn't. The reason why she doesn't play it in drop C is because uh, it's bad for the. Because <laughs> she was like, if you were leave your guitar in that tuning it would like fall apart and i was like oh my god um i have a fun fact about the song now that we're going into Ooh, okay, yeah. the whole thing but like sorry the the one oh no but i think i said i told you this sorry okay. it just made me remember but like so this is in dad dad and um i only have one working guitar right now so i don't often except for the time where i was learning the song i tend not to leave my guitar in dad dad because you know that's kind of Deluxe, like, or and it would be better if I had two guitars, obviously, because I could just leave one in standard and one in standard. Um, but because I don't, I don't put my guitar in dadad all the time. But when I do, I leave it for quite a while. And so one time I was trying to figure out other songs that I could play on dadad so that I, I, you know, I could learn more things and also so that I could practice uh, while leaving my guitar in relatively good shape. Um, uh, and I found out that uh. Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. Oh, isn't that dad? Are you serious? So, okay. Yeah, it's originally in that dad. I wonder if um, like obviously <laughs> like a crossover. <laughs> I I have attempted it. I have attempted it. If oh if I, I have because that. the there there I'm gonna try it again because I kind of tried it once and I was like I hate this. Um, <laughs> but uh, they only have one chord in common and so. Uh, I don't know. I'll review it, then I'll let you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no. So uh, I like forced myself to learn the song on um, the guitar, even though I had never done it before. And mm. I think I learned it in like two weeks. Whoa! Uh, and yeah, which was uh, which I didn't realize also on, until yeah. uh, my boyfriend had said so. But um, yeah, it was really it was really fun, and um, uh, and I really. And so this song, so sweet as a whole, is really um, special to me in that in that sense. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about it here because, and I think it's beautiful. If you guys have never, and obviously the overarching lesson of this episode will be uh, to listen to the song because it's great and it's really beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're like we're not yet, gonna. Yeah. Like it, it, I think we should say like we're not gonna like do any clips of the song. You know, just to like. Straddle that copyright line, haha. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but like, <laughs> all right. I mean, like, yeah, like it's it's easy to find like um, the sweet Nismo on on Spotify. There, there's like one track mm-hmm. where it collects all four, and it's her doing it live in Brooklyn, right? Yes, and, the Spotify session, yeah. her, which is my favorite one. Yeah, uh, my second favorite. And one, then rather. there's also like you can also listen to the studio version itself, which is mm-hmm. um, just the first which four is songs. Different. It's just the first yes. four songs of that album once I was Of that Eagle. album. Like, having just listened to it this past week, like, I was, like, thinking a lot right. about, like, like the, the fact that, okay, you have four different songs. There is, like, a consistency yes. among all of them. There's, like, a backing guitar yep, that is, is, like, consistent among the all same. of the four tracks. But then, like, yeah. to mentally, <clears throat> like, trace out, like, okay, now we're gonna segue into this. And, like, altogether it comes out, like, I've seen like different versions where it, it it's like thirteen to eighteen minutes. Minutes, yeah. Right. So like, how did you yeah. like? Did you do it like sequentially, or did you like? 
Yeah, I did. Okay. I followed her whole. Well, I followed her whole tutorial. So her tutorial is, I think it's around six or ten minutes okay. of her just teaching the whole thing. And you're right because the whole thing is thematically the same. Yeah. Or like there's a single chord. There's a single chord progression that runs through the whole thing, and then it's only per song that some of it changes, but most of the shapes because are the same. Okay. Um, you could learn the whole thing in six minutes and just remember oh, where, all right. how long to do the whole thing. Yeah, and so um, it was just practicing it because they were shapes. You know, it, they were shapes that I never really learned before because they were so different, and a lot of it was open, and I'd never really played a lot of open, you know, strings before, and um, and also the strumming pattern is really difficult. Yeah, because and because for the strumming pattern for this, she doesn't use a pick either, so. My actually my my strumming my thumb on my strumming hand, which is my right hand, is actually super. Me, me and Rocky have a joke that my hands are super. My left hand is super batak um, <laughs> now because of it. It is if you look at it like guys, if you play guitar, like you would know this. But like my hand is my left hand is literally more toned than my right hand, and on my right hand, my thumb is now the most toned finger i have i'm not even kidding Mio, i'm gonna show you later because like my hands my fingers are like my my fingers on my left are longer than my fingers on my right and 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 Rocky's the same so like i'm kind of just like yeah, um I mean, i've always wanted like a superhero who that was their particular wow. like <laughs> characterization is that one side it's like two-faced one side is more yeah, tone one, yeah and like <laughs> That's their weakness is they can only like punch with one hand, but they need with the hand. other hand to like well, hold the bad that's guy. That's an anime. And then like punch yeah. that person. No, yeah, no, I get that. I, right. I know that per- that character, but then the right. the, the specific the specific hindrance to the character Side. is that one side right. is so much <clears throat> like disproportionately larger that it affects their perception, like, oh, there's a it guy was, there. Like is. I didn't see yeah. him. <laughs> You're right. It is much like two face, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. in that sense. But yeah, the, no, the, the the, I was just saying because strength. the strumming, yeah. <laughs> because the strumming of this song is so difficult and it requires thumbs, your thumb only, mm-hmm. because the sound changes if you were to use a pick. Um, my thumb has gotten really like it's quite cal. Like I have like a really thick calio on my thumb, right. and because and it was really. But it was like a good practice because it helped with my ear a lot, but and, and it helped with me learning more about like music and stuff, and it kind of made me rediscover the genre as a whole too. Because that whole album was really good. I listened to the rest of that album. Yeah. Um, I listened to the rest of Song for Our Daughter as well, and I was so happy when uh, it turned out she was gonna be she no she was nominated for a Grammy, but she lost to her friend Johnny Flynn, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> So, uh, I think so. Or was it that for yeah. Mercury? Anyway, so um, either way, uh, it was good. And I um, I think now, Parang, I think I would have never appreciated the song in the same way if I was still with that same person before yeah. and, and if he was also still doing this kind of music. I, because I think a lot of of who I was at the time was somebody that was like scared of her own like uh, capabilities I think and I'm still like that now obviously mm-hmm. but like I think if even if I was an like a pretty decent guitar player before I think I would have never even thought to learn the song 
because I would have been like, that's idiotic. Why would I do that? Like, I can't do that. Um, but now I can play like four of her songs. <laughs> so yeah. um, I guess for my own thing, like one of the reasons why I wanted to do this was to talk, I guess, about how, how like, you know, you can totally recontextualize a thing that you used to be attached to and then had bad memories with it. And then now, and then after, you know, a certain amount of time or moving forward, you can kind of claim it as your own. Yeah. And I guess even without me thinking that this song was about uh, inner things in particular, um, it's still very clearly about a relationship that was strained and yeah. that, that, like haunts her in some kind of yeah. way but towards the end it's like okay etana, this is yeah, it yeah yeah i mean like um, like to your point like really i think the thing like from what you were saying like the thing that really drew you to the song was not so much the content of what the song was about per se but like mm-hmm. the idea that you could embark on it as uh, as a as a story that you could tell yourself that yeah. you could like reclaim for yourself outside of that relationship that you had. Uh, yeah. As our as our good old friend Joan Didion would say, we tell ourselves stories <laughs> in order to live. Exactly. You know? She did say that. She was a really good friend. Um, <laughs> friend of the pod. She might appear on the pod sometime. She, she, oh, jeez. Uh, not um, that she will, but uh, you know, guys, yeah. summer, very exciting. Mm-hmm. Two words for you, hope- X men. Anyway, <laughs> first split second, I forgot. I was like, when, when? <laughs> then I remembered. I, I, I know when. Um, yeah. yeah, I was the one. Yeah, but, so, yeah so, think- so it's something that came, I think, really more from like your sense of practice and like wanting to like claim this for yourself. More than it was, yeah, absolutely. Like, seeing what the song was really about, or connecting to what the song was really about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was like it was like you know, therapy, and at the end of it, I also learned how to do better music. Yeah, yeah, exactly. um, yeah. like it was like a bonus thing yeah. in itself, and I really appreciated that, and yeah. I really um, kind love of like the song, the, and I hope you guys love it too. It's kind of like the equivalent of like somebody who like works on something, I guess, like not. I mean, like the word—it's not the best word to use, but dispassionately, where like it's not that they necessarily are attached to the thing that they're writing about, but the process of writing it or the process of working on it helps them to address yeah. something that is deeper, even if it's not necessarily directly related to the thing that they're writing about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So yeah, thanks for letting me do this one, bud. And uh, thanks to everybody listening. Yeah, you want to do a... Did you really like the song? I really did. I really did. Did you like this? You also liked it better than than the recording, right? That's the thing. Because that's what I was curious to find out from you. Because, like, when I was listening to the studio version, I like the distinctiveness of, like... I mean, like, I'm citing mainly my favorite part, which is that transition between once I uh, I was an eagle and, you know... And like the melody there that I notice is a lot clearer there. Oh, okay. You know, in the live, it's a little harder to like make it out because you've got Mm -hmm. so many things that are also going on, especially like I've seen, I saw a version where it was just her 
and then I saw ver- the mm-hmm. version that you sent, which was her with the string orchestra. With the string, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. okay, this is like, we gotta see if I can catch the, that melody that I like. Yeah, yeah. I agree though that I didn't actually like the in that whole set in PPC prompts. I actually didn't like the, the arrangement of that so much, oh, okay. um, because I think it overwhelmed the guitar too. Much. I don't know if it had to do yeah, with the mixing yeah. of the live. Yeah, I think that the strings were a bit too loud, and I got kind of the sayana. You couldn't hear the her guitar playing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but no, but for me, I think it's the opposite. Naparang, I like how everything sounds a bit more cohesive. Yeah. When she does it live, especially since you know she tends to do sets kind of by herself now yeah. and um and i i uh, yeah i like how she takes that like you mentioned that she changes lyrics and i didn't even notice but like now thinking about it i'm like oh okay i think that when she makes those choices that like makes the song like new every time right right and, uh absolutely like it's, and that's it's changing her, her mind you know Yes, yeah, yeah. those, yeah, those it, little It's very much the thing of like how performance is really like a rewriting at, at, in, in every instance. Like mm-hmm. performance is yeah. like writing the work a second time over and over again. Yes, It's absolutely. that second time that you absolutely. end up doing like over and over a million times. I agree, I agree. And um, with that, shall we segue into our course listing? Right, course listing. Uh, do you want to go first or should I go first? Okay, I have to go first because mine is boring. Um, no. But like, Come I on. think I think that this could be in two different kinds of classes depending on what you're going to study. Yeah. So I think that I think this would be a really interesting song to dissect in a music theory class. Okay. Um, especially since you know, yeah, it's not a standard tuning song, it's not a, a folk song, but it's not classical music either. Um, I mean, it's a folk song, but it's not like it's not a song that you would traditionally kind of study in music classes. I think because you tend to, you know, do a lot of like classical music, and sometimes they go into pop. But then, I think going, it's very rare that you study something that's in between. Yeah. And um, so yeah, I think because the and the musicality of it is so beautiful, and um, learning it was really fun. And I I think I would like if other people learned it too. And if you guys knew music theory better than me and you want to talk about it and teach me some stuff about it, you totally can. Um, but I also think that it would be interesting in a lit class and to be able to dissect the lyrics a bit more in an academic way. I think that would be fun to try and like really see what she was trying to say and what, what kind of imagery that she, she right. was really kind of trying to to give to people i guess right because yeah even if you were to just read the lyrics and like think of them as like word like text you know more than anything um i think i think there's a lot to unpack more so than we've already you know established yeah um so yeah mine is related to the last part that you were saying because um, I was like really transfixed as I was, as I was saying about this idea of the you persona uh, between each song mm-hmm. in the suite, and so I figured uh, this would be good. This would be a good thing to study or present in a seminar. And the title of that seminar, and? I have abbreviated it because it's a bit. The title of the seminar would be called "I Bet You Think mm-hmm. This Song Is About You," identifying the you persona in lyrics. 
<laughs> That's what this stands for. Because I, I was okay. Because we have notes in front of us, and I was reading it. I was like, okay, so the I seminar is called. <laughs> Ibitisi, yeah, and I was like, "All right, I wonder what that's gonna stand for." Yeah, I bet you think the um, song is about you. <laughs> you, that's a good one, though. Thank you. But that, because then you could like do maybe part of it could be like, "All right, let's do something obvious." Yeah, like, no, it's like you're so vain. Yeah. and then, but what about this one? Yeah, and like just like three sixty. Yeah, or like here, know? like literally, like we don't have to do like a close reading of the whole thing, but like. I think it's like interesting to note how the suite starts with "You should be gone, beast. Be gone from me. Be gone from my mind, at least. Let a little lady be. I don't want you to want me. Wouldn't want you to know. I don't care where you've gone, beast. I care where you go." Hell's yeah! Like I, I'm, I'm interested to hear what you think about who the "you" might be referring to. Like, who do you think? Um. Like, yeah, I mean, obviously there's, like, a, I, a beast reference, but, like... Yeah. But I wonder... But, like, I don't... Obviously, I don't think it's an animal. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Although there are, there are references to animals throughout there the There are suite, to, to references to many um, animals birds, in this whole suite. Particularly. And birds, yeah, as she said, she once was an eagle. Yeah. Um, like, if you go and follow the song, like, she's saying, take the night off mm-hmm. and be bad for me, take it right off and be bad for me. You know, there, there's like a reference yeah. to the beast being like a bird, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Which mm. I, I find interesting. I guess, but like, I think I don't know. For me, it was it just seemed like a person, and the, I think the person that I imagine in this section mm. of the song is the same person I imagine in one of her other songs called. Um, uh, oh my god. It's another song I learned, but it's from song for. Oh my god, I'm gonna look it up now. But the, I imagine it to be a person that she, I guess, like is like a former lover, yeah, or a lover or something, and and she's kind of trying to reckon with, with um something, with I guess a, a turn of events in their relationship, yeah, and basically saying that. I don't think that she's trying to say that, because it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just sounds like like it sounds very defeated to me. Yeah. And like um, there, there's this kind of like relentless nature that the beast has that makes her want it to leave. Yes. And that's why, like, yeah. I was, like, thinking, so held down. This I was referring to earlier okay. was held down. But I feel like the person mm-hmm. she's the the you in held down is also the same as the. Could be the same as the you, yeah. From take the I, I night not, off because as the kids these days, but like it's the song that I played for you in jam one time. Ah, yeah. Anyway, um, uh, the uh, I was gonna say like as the youth say nowadays, uh, that song and this song have quite the same energy, even though okay. held down sounds a bit happier because it's in the tuning of that is D major seven, but it's not happy at all. It's really okay. sad, and it's the same kind of thing where it's like she she. I guess she wants somebody to this the you and this to to leave. Yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah, ahead. I was like really thinking about that. Like, as I wondered if, on one hand, there was the question about whether the you could be you know, like it, it's 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 interesting because if it is like another person, then mm-hmm. they you already have like a very complex like 
complex hints to the history of their relationship, which are quite heavy from right. the first verse. Going right. Like, yeah, I used yeah. to be in love with that guy, but now he won't leave. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, wait. So exactly. You broke up? Yeah, yeah, we did. But and then, like, now yeah, he's, yeah, you know, yeah. he's still here. <laughs> like, like, whoa. But he's, like, kind of here. And um, I'm just dealing with it. And yeah. you're like, oh. But I was wondering, because, uh, like, there, there is a specific line that she has in the first, in that first verse, where she says, "Be gone from my mind, at least." And I was, mm-hmm. I was really like transfixed on that because to me that 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 really indicated that whether or not there's another person there, there is something, there is like some kind of transfixing going on in her mind that's bothering her. And so I wondered right. if like the beast was something of a mental projection. Or a mental affliction, uh. kind of like she's going through her own—I don't know—her own demons, as it were. Yeah, and, yeah, and, that makes sense. And like, like I mean, like that, like when I was like thinking about it, it's like, oh, okay, maybe somebody who's like going through like a dark night of the soul, and then mm-hmm. you know how like when you're caught in that trap of like thinking too much and you don't like the place where your brain is going. Yeah, and like. Yeah, all you want is to like not think about it, <laughs> but like, how do you yeah, how do you get your absolutely. brain to stop? <laughs> right? Yeah, correct, correct. And, that, yeah. That's pretty good. And I thought, like, yeah, I, I mean, like, like I think that's very much tied also probably to the other person who I think is like very mm-hmm. prevalent throughout all the four parts of the suite. Uh, mm-hmm. Here, I think, in in terms of like what she's trying to reckon with, it might be this person whether it's he or she like this person as they appear in the singer's head in the singer's Mm -hmm. mind that's why like she says like i don't care where you've gone beast i care where you go and like yeah in terms of like figuring out like oh how could that like be a stand-in for guilt like if you care less for the Mm -hmm. content of what you're guilty about and you care more about yeah. the feeling. Like, I don't care. The implications? I, yeah, I don't care about the thing that I'm guilty of. What I care about is the badness mm-hmm. of the feeling that I want to leave right now. Yeah, right. You know, the, the question of like, wait, is the you something that is really referencing an outside persona? Or is it a projection in right. her head, therefore herself? So really, the you is an I. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I was like, yeah. whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one, though. I would go to that seminar. Yeah. Uh, I would 100% good go to that seminar. About, um, <laughs> uh, other examples of songs that could be presented at the seminar. Um, Soldier Boy uh, famously <laughs> has a you in it. Um, <laughs> I'm oh, you know what? For some reason, what I just thought of is... Um, um, what you say? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah what did you say that's a good one right what who said like, what and who said this and what did they say yeah who yeah exactly exactly what did they say that made andy samberg get so yeah inspired what, yeah, or, to shoot other people yeah, multiple what, times what for a sketch killed other people a lot of times exactly exactly you gotta know you gotta know exactly so, you um, um okay you want to do sports corner rec room okay so sports corner uh i was thinking this week we could do something a little different uh as we are wont to do it is the weekend we'll try mm-hmm. something new 
Uh, which I finally mm-hmm. said, you know. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, is this yeah. the first time you were? Okay. Yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Um. The thing that we're gonna try this time is instead of me telling you what I've learned and asking you a question about sports, I've decided to turn the tables for this particular edition of Sports Corner, and I'd like you to ask me one question about sports. Okay. What have you got? And for he me, said, he said that I can ask anything, anything. absolutely anything. Anything, guys. And so, my question is, do you think that... (laughs) I got this. I got this. Okay, okay, okay. Remember, remember the premise of this this whole segment is that I've never watched sports. Like, as Mm -hmm. a child, yes, but that doesn't count because I don't remember anything. So, exactly, and he never really watched me, a lot of sports media as she well. Ask me literally um, any sports question pertaining to any sport, and yeah. I have to answer. Okay, so uh-huh. what have you got? At the 2016 Barcelona Ice Skating Grand Prix. Oh no! Katsuyuri won silver. Do you think he should have won gold? Okay, wait, sorry. Could, could you say that a bit again? Because like I, it got garbled the first time you said it. So repeat the question. It's do do I think? Do I think that Katsuki? Do you think that Katsuki Yuri should have won gold Kats, instead of Kats silver? Yuri? Katsuki Yuri. Katsuki Yuri. Mm-hmm. At the 2016 Barcelona. Grand Prix. Okay. Are you googling this? No, he won. So, so he won silver. He or she, sorry. He won. He won silver. Yes, he did. He is very. Yeah, he he did win silver, and uh, if I remember correctly, okay. the person who won gold was um was. Let me just. Because I cannot remember his f- last name. Right, but Yuri Piletsky is who won so Yuri, the first. So who Yuri Piletsky that year, <laughs> if I remember correctly, <laughs> won gold, and the mm-hmm. winner of the silver that year. Remind me again. Katsuki Yuri. Katsuki Yuri. That's right. Okay. That's yes, right. I yeah, you got I it. I completely remember this. <laughs> Now, it's so interesting that you asked me this question because let me tell you, like, I remember the time when that, when, um, when Katsuki mm-hmm. Yuri, uh, did mm-hmm. his performance and like it was, it was stunning. It was so stunning. Yeah. He, no, like, it really was. Let me, let me do like a recap. So, first, what he did, <laughs> he started the performance off with a triple flipper mm-hmm. and the, <laughs> a lot of people mistake that as flipping three times in a row, but no, it's actually using three of your limbs to pretend that you are Flipper the dolphin from the film Flipper. So he, he began with a triple flipper, which was considered controversial at the time. 
mm-hmm. because normally, as as we all know, as is tradition in the Barcelona Grand Prix, uh, you know, people, the, the skaters, uh, prefer to begin with like a um, uh, uh, a traditional flipping move. So for them, this mm-hmm. was unorthodox. They were flipping yeah. the flip on its head. Yeah. That's what Katsuki Yuri mm-hmm. was doing that year. And I and I feel mm-hmm. like that actually did not go down well with the judges. The judges saw that and mm. they were like, no, you know, we will not have this desecration of our tradition uh, mm-hmm. stand. He may have put up like a good rest of his performance, but the fact that he insulted our most coveted ways is uh, mm-hmm. not something we will stand for. So instead of Awarding Katsuyuri the gold, we will award him the silver. Silver. Now, yeah. my opinion is, I think mm-hmm. it was very brave for Katsuki to do this. It, it's actually akin to what Stravinsky did when playing the Rite of Spring for the first time. You know, he played the Rite of Spring for the first time, and people were like yelling at him in the theater, like this is this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, 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 yeah, and you have yeah. to say that in the whatever sense. Yeah, in, in Russian. Yeah. 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 And you were like, like, I just snorted. Right? They were like, they were like, you need to, yeah, you need this to is... calm down, sir. Yeah, <laughs> right? so, this is too much. But I think that's what Katsuki was like going for. He was going for something controversial. But wait, fifty years, twenty sixty six, Barcelona Grand Prix. People will be like, in memoriam, Katsuki He actually changed the game for all of us. So I actually think it was really brave of him to. I, mm-hmm. I think it's bold of Even him. Even that mean, like, far, you mean? Yeah, yeah. To to open with that mm-hmm. move. It, it, did he deserve mm-hmm. the silver for that or the gold? Hard to say. Mm-hmm. I don't know that much about ice mm-hmm. skating. But, um, <laughs> you know, I would say it was a very bold thing for him to do. Mm-hmm. That's my Good answer. answer. That is my answer. For, That's your answer. Okay, uh, fo- how about a follow-up question? Okay, go ahead. How do we... How do, we do you think he should keep his coach? Oh, his coach. Well, okay. As we all know, um, his coach that year was mm-hmm. um, uh, the uncle of his rival, Yuri Poletsky. His coach was Coach Poletsky Yuri. <laughs> so I feel like the decision to open the competition with the triple flipper was also something right. you could imply was... Um, uh, nepotistically motivated or familiarly motivated mm. but ultimately mm-hmm. the decision was Katsuki's so yeah. really like up to it was Katsuki's call all the way whether the coach had anything to say about it or not is not really up to uh, Mr. Mr. Yuri Poletsky okay I'm sorry yeah. Mr. Poletsky Yuri <laughs> Mr. Poletsky Yuri is not up to him it's not up to the coach <sighs> <sighs> yeah that was good okay that's no that's sports corner all right sports corner and that was sports corner everybody who remembers the year at the uh, barcelona grand prix yeah we should actually you know, please do leave us a comment yeah. i do want to hear what you guys think about Mio's answer do you I agree with him more. you know like okay wait i, I i'm gonna enforce now an executive <laughs> decision because we've been okay. doing it one way which is uh me stating mm-hmm. what i've learned and then me asking you a question but you know, three weeks yeah. in, I should have learned more than one thing by now. So I think it's yeah. time for you to be the one to quiz me. To review you? Yeah, to mm-hmm. review me and okay. actually, like, you know, pressure me, hold me accountable Maybe. 
to what uh, I've been learning yeah. in the sports world. So I think, yeah, let's, Absolutely. I think you should be the one now asking me questions from now on. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so stay tuned for next week. It's going to be the Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again of Sports Corner. Wreck. Room. This being the Mamma Mia. This is Mamma Mia 1. Mamma Mia 1. Right. It's the one that broke Okay. It did. It did. Much like... Much like Mamma Mia. That's <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, right, right. Of course, of course, of course. How could we forget? Lest we forget. Never, never forget. Hashtag never forget. Oh, man. Okay. Well, if you oh, like God. that bit. <laughs> if you like that <clears throat> bit, uh, please feel free to give us a rate. Thing, <laughs> reviewing <laughs> or subscribing mm-hmm. and the on subscribing the Apple pages <laughs> where, mm-hmm. where we are on um, we always love hearing from you so do reach out to us on our social media platforms we're on Twitter Instagram at the rec room pod rec spelled R-E-Q and we're on YouTube where we put highlights I'm pretty sure this sports corner segment is going to go up now as a highlight uh, yeah. Again, it should. It should. You really should put this really on. Really, something yeah. else. I yeah. I just said that mm-hmm. with complete confidence, and I know I was right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to say, Amanda? Do you want? Do you want me to give you the? I mean, like when? Do you want me to show you his performance? Oh, you can, no, you can tell me after this. Or do you want this? Oh, okay. Because I was gonna that. say, or do you want this to be like your Pippin, like your new Pippin? Or like, or like, remember how you said you were never gonna Google what Sundere means? Sure. Do you want it to be like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. If you want to, you can tell me what, or you can show me the performance after. But it's not gonna be in the episode mm-hmm. because okay. we'll assume that by now everyone well, obviously. knows exactly yeah, what yeah. I'm talking about. Oh, everybody, everybody, one hundred percent knows. Everyone, the world, all of everyone, the, the Mulan, world over, all of China knows I'm here. <laughs> Here, here, here to the east of the West Philippine Sea. I'm right here, literally. Because the West Philippine Sea is right next to Palawan. Palawan is just west of Cebu. Cebu. Yeah, you got this. I'm right here. That's a good line, by the way. You had a good flow when you said here to the... What did you say? Here to the east of the West Philippine Sea. That was good. That was kind of like very same energy as... As the American as, dragon. I was, gonna say, I was gonna say same energy as the guy who told um the bad guy from Milan that all of China knew that he was there. <laughs> that all of China knows. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> okay. Uh, anyway, let's announce the next episode. So next week. Oh please! Uh, ooh, okay. You may do the honors. Week, it is your honor this time. Exciting! It's another. It's another musical episode. Uh, but this time I am the one who has chosen the content. But it is something that you and I have mutually enjoyed for it uh, mm-hmm. throughout all the years it's been time. out so far, <laughs> which is like I guess mm-hmm. at this point like mm-hmm. four years. Um, four, five, oh, four, four years! That's right. Yeah, four years now. Oh shit! Uh, so it's a yeah. It is not a song, not a musical suite of songs, but an album, and it is Indeed. one of our favorite albums, 2017. Bark your head off, dog. By Hop Along. Mm-hmm. So we hope mm-hmm. you stay tuned for that. It's going to be an exciting episode. We may have people along for 
for the ride. To you, we may have people hopping along. Yeah, so stay tuned for that because that's going to be exciting. And yeah, and um, as always, Amanda, would you uh, like to do yes. the honors with the closing theme song of uh, the Sweet Life of Zach and Cody? It's the same as the opening. Oh, okay. Thing. Just you instrumental. And me gonna wear this, you Thanks for listening to the Rec Room. This episode was edited by me. Our artwork is by Mandy. Our theme song is 64 Sundays by Twin Musicom, which is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution License. Check out more of their music at www.twinmusicom.org. For more updates on the Rec Room, Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Rec Room Pod. Rec spelled R E Q. Yes, we in have the, the sweet life most of the We're time. You and me in the <laughs> So come on down. This is the sweet life of Laura Marsh. <laughs>